Hello and welcome to another episode of Grab Yourself a Cuppa. This time we will be covering Christian Aid Week, Celiac Awareness Week and EDS Awareness Month. If you've been following my blog you will be aware that on Friday my blog's focus on the series was on Christian Aid. Um, But firstly though let's tackle the subject of smart motorways and here with me today is Keith from WDS Woken Driving School and he's here to answer a few questions. In this section we're going to talk about um, smart motorways with Keith from Woken Driving School is uh, our special guest. So, first off, let's start with the burning question that everybody keeps asking: is what on earth is a smart motorway, and how are they supposed to work? Okay, so smart motorway is a motorway that uses technology, and quite often will also use a hard shoulder as an extra running lane. You also. Oh, have... so the the idea is for the keep the traffic moving. <coughs> the idea is to keep the traffic flowing. You might find it going slower. In actual fact, it means you're going to get to your destination quicker than stop starting all the time. So is that where the variable speed... It's where the variable speed limits come in. So the gantries over the top. It, each lane has its own um, unique sign that tells you what the speed is that particular sign, that particular lane. If you see a red X, you can't use that lane. So on some smart motorways, at certain times of the day, they'll bring in the hard shoulders next running lane. The rest of the time, it is a normal hard shoulder as we know and love from... Back in the 60s. Right, okay. I mean, some people think they're unsafe. What's your take on that? As I understand that the AA is also a bit against them. The, the concern that the professional bodies have about smart motorways is the fact there's no hard shoulder. So if you do break down, there's nowhere to go except there are, like, lay-by, ref, what they call refuge areas. But they're about one and a half miles apart, 2.5k apart, which is slightly further apart than the... Um, foams used to be on the Audi motorways. So how do the refuge points work? <clears throat> if you're lucky enough to break down near one, or you can get to it, then you pull into it, just like a little lay-by. You're right off the motorway, well out of the way, so you won't get hit by passing lorries as you could have done on the that's, hard shoulder. That's always a good thing. Which is good. The downside is they're not very long. So if a lorry's already broken down and parked in it, there may not be room for you to get in there as well. The first problem. The second problem is when you come to leave and you've been mended or you've mended yourself then you can't get up to speed and just join the motorway like we used to on the hard shoulder music acceleration so how does that work so there's a sign on each of the lay-by that tells you having pulled into it you must use the emergency phone which is there oh that's good because i had the visions of it just being you know everybody had to have a mobile phone every every one of those signs those uh, refuse has a phone you get out the car you sort yourself out or you get mended depending on what the problem is you phone the highways agency from that phone. They won't necessarily come out and help you get onto the motorway, but they can use the overhead gantries to close the lane down next to you far enough back to stop traffic coming along so you have time to get out and get up to speed and drive on again, right. after which they'll reopen the lane for everybody else. So what happens if we have this problem where, certainly in the past, where a lot of the gantries have been, you know, you drive <coughs> past it and it says there's a queue up ahead and when you get there, there's nothing there. Well, this is the so classic reason. So that's why people <coughs> ignore it. Yeah, this is the classic reason. When you get there, 
it may have been that the lane had been closed to allow someone out of the refuge area or someone had broken down, they've towed them away or there's been an accident and they've moved it on. And when you get there, there's nothing there, which means it's actually done its job. They closed the lane, no traffic got involved in whatever was going on further down the road. When you get there, they've moved on. And if you went back to that sign that told you to keep out, it probably now says it's okay to go through. It's okay, doing so its that, job properly. that makes sense. I don't understand why there hasn't been much coverage of this on the national media. I just find it very strange that the general populace haven't been told what's going on. I would agree. Um, as everything else is these days, it's digital. All the information you want to know about smart motorways is on .gov.uk. The government has published a whole pamphlet and a whole page dedicated to smart motorways. I have heard on local radio, certainly I think it was on Hearts in Hampshire and Berkshire, talking about the Red X's and what they mean and how not to go through them. That's the only thing I've come across on any... Um, commercial radio station i've certainly heard nothing on the bbc I've seen no there's on been the there's been nothing <coughs> on the national media which i find is absolutely bonkers when you think about how many people <coughs> use the m25 the m4 the m3 you know how many people use motorways every day i suppose the emphasis is that we drive down motorways we see the this road is being converted to a smart motorway if you really want to know what to do google it it takes two seconds .gov.uk comes up on the top feeds go and have a look see what it says it's all there but the onus is very much on us to go and look. And yeah, most people don't, unless you're in the industry. And then you'd know, look, anybody new learning to drive will be educated how to do it. The problem is that people of our age, and maybe slightly younger, who learned to drive 20, 30 years ago, things have moved on and people aren't aware. Mm -hmm. However, when you get your driving licence, you are advised to keep up to speed on the latest highway codes. How many houses have the latest highway code in there? Yeah, not should... many, I shouldn't think, because I haven't read one for a while. Exactly, and that, that's the onus. The onus is on the driver to make, keep up to date with technology and information. Yeah. Um, I've got a few questions here. I mean, Sue Foster from suefoster.info asked, what are they? Well, you've answered that. Um, Neil actually asks, when you're in stationary <coughs> traffic and the Red Cross goes up on your lane, the emergency services are behind, but I have nowhere to go. Am I at fault for now being in a lane with a red cross? And how do I prove it changed after the traffic became stationary? So if you've gone, if you're on the lane and the red cross comes up behind you, then I haven't got a problem. We've got ANPR registration. They'll know if you went through a red cross. What's ANPR? Automatic number plate recognition. So it's a camera that takes a picture of your, your number plate. So they would know if you've gone through that from that. So they know from the timing. If a motor service is trying to get through past you, the roads are reasonably wide, you're just going to move out as far as you can to the right, and hopefully and hopefully, the traffic beside will let you move out into their lane to let the ambulance or fire brigade or police whatever through. Um, I wouldn't over-sweat about the fact you've gone through a red X that wasn't there, you haven't broken the law. However, if you go see a red X and you do go past this, you are breaking the law and you will be prosecuted. Right, okay. Um, Rachel asks, what if the internet crashes and we get the blue circle of doom? Would that have any effect? I'm assuming it will be a closed internet. My understanding is, is the internet is not using the internet. If you see where they're building the smart motorways, you'll see all that um, Move piping going down the side. I believe that's all the cabling for it. It's not using Microsoft Office. It's not using the internet. It's using their own stuff, just like air traffic control. We don't worry about them. Mm -hmm. 
And presumably <laughs> the whole thing is going to be monitored day and night, 24-7 every day. Yeah, my understanding is, I've yet to go and visit the, the control centre where some of my colleagues have been to see it. The, the, it works on two levels. The, all the cabling they put down the motorway is actually monitoring the traffic flow. So it is done automatically. It's not like a person watching the camera think, oh, they've stopped, I better deal with it. The technology is, is monitoring traffic flow. If it sees stuff slowing down or stopping, it will change the speed limits automatically to start off with. There are people there all the time who can override it or step in and change things as well. Okay, so a bit, a bit like the, the, the trains <coughs> and, like you say, air traffic control yeah. and things like that. Um, Alison has asked, how does this work with no hard shoulder? I have a feeling you've answered that anyway, which is all to do with the, the refuge points. There's two sides to it. So um, to start off with, as a driver, your, your first port of call is to try and get off the motorway, like you would anyway, into refuge area if you can. They say if you can't do one of those things, you should just stop where you are. And I guess my answer to that would be just like if you broke down the middle lane of an ordinary motorway, what would you do then? You'd stop, put your house lights on, pray the car behind doesn't hit you, and get out if you can. So, yeah, if you break down, try and get to the left-hand lane, get as far to the left as you can, put your house lights on, slow down. If you can't make the refuge area, stop. If you can't do it any more than that, then dial 999. You'll be straight put through to the police and they'll sort it out. But as I say... As hopefully traffic slows down behind you rather than ramming into you, your lane will slow right down. The automatic system will pick up the oh, okay, so they'll, flow, they'll pick up the and traffic flow. And the cameras will also then... show them that there's traffic here and there's no traffic there. There must be a blockage between. And then change ones. the... And then they'll put the X up on your lane. Speed things. And they'll change to slow else down, move people out two or three miles further oh, okay, back. Okay, that makes sense. It's the first, I think it's the first few minutes that you're going to be wetting yourself. <laughs> Until a few cars behind you have stopped and then you've got a, bit, a natural buffer. Yeah, you've got a natural buffer and then some idiot will shunt. But, you know, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Um, Sarah <coughs> says, are smart motorways safer? And then she says, do they make drivers better on this road? Uh, the short answer to that is I don't think they make drivers better at all. Are they safer? If everybody follows the rules, then yes. Yeah. Because when incidents happen, you are being told to slow down. Whereas in the old days, it was an advisory. These things are in a red circle means if it says 50, 50 is the law, not yeah, so suggested. It's... Whereas before it used to be, we used to do 40 or 50 and people do 70 and nothing can be done about it. But now it's in a red circle, it means 50, 50 is 50. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thanks very much for your time. I think we've answered a thousand and one questions there that um, people were talking about. Um, I know you've got a list of books that we can get hold of or websites that we can look at yeah so i mean .gov.uk if you just google smart motorways it'll take you through there they've got a whole page and some downloadable pamphlets you can print off which gives you the basics if you've got people learning to drive at the moment or just learn to drive they should have been given or have got themselves a book called the official dvsa guide to driving on page 294295 it goes into smart motorways which is how new learners are learning about it ready for their Theory test, the highway code has a small part on it, rule 269 yeah. covers how to do that. And then the other book, which is Know Your Traffic Signs, is also gives a little more detail what the signs mean. All those things are available. The other option is to go and talk to your local driving school and see if they can help you. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. I think we've just answered all the questions. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh, thank you.
this section is going to be all about celiac awareness week now again if you've been following my blog you may have seen some of my gluten-free and me things um, I do actually myself have celiac disease what that means is I can't eat anything containing gluten and the easiest way to describe that to anybody who has no idea what gluten is is just think about the amount of foods you eat that contain flour if it contains flour I cannot eat it end of um, it's a little bit more complicated than that but the basis is that you know I can't eat um, anything that contains flour or wheat starch or rye or barley and oats and all that sort of thing and it does get very complicated and very confusing sometimes this year um c-u-k that's celiac uk it's spelt c-o-e-l-i-a-c um, but it's pronounced celiac and what they're doing is they're focusing on diagnosis so that more people ask themselves is it celiac disease? Uh, part of this is for already diagnosed celiacs, such as myself, to spread the word and help to reach people who may not know that they have celiac disease. The hashtag is it celiac disease. Check out my Instagram account at Charity Shop Hopping because I will be sharing and retweeting posts on my social media accounts. And obviously there will be links and posts on my blog as and when I find them. Um, grab yourself a pen because here are the links you're going to need. The main celiac website is www.celiac.org.uk and the other one um, is it celiac disease you can either put in hashtag is it celiac disease all one word or www.isitceliacdisease.org.uk that should cover you I mean all of this these things I shall put in my blog so that you know because that's this week is awareness week um, just to make people aware of what can happen to you and how different all the symptoms are and on the is it celiac disease thing they can give you all the um, all the questions and there's an online questionnaire to see if you may need to investigate further um, so it's the national charity for the disease so if you think you might have a problem or you're not sure then all you've got to do is actually ask the question now you may or may not be aware that um, this week is christian aid week um, Christian Aid Week is actually the oldest running fundraising week nationally, um, which is something I didn't know. I found out by accident while I was looking at my blog for last week. Um, so my focus on series last week was all about Christian Aid, so if you want to find out more about that, then all you have to do is go to my blog. The link is in the description um, of the Grab Yourself a Cuppa. There's a link in there to my blog and then you can sort of go and read about it. I mean, I, I did do a few bits where um, during this week, you know, many of us will find donation envelopes dropping through our doors. Uh, the aim of Christian Aid is this. We stand together with our global neighbours um, and together we can create 
a world where everyone can live a full life free from poverty. So it is basically is trying to relieve the poverty that there still is all over the world, including here. Um, you know, people don't believe that you know there there was anybody in need in this country, but that's not true. Um, on the seventieth of anniversary, um, a guy called Theodore. Davidovich um, says this in the refugee camps it was Christian aid that sent the parcels feeding us for two and a half years and I never forgot it Christian aid helped me to survive and I feel I owe my life to Christian aid I vowed there and then to do my best as long as I live and I'm still doing it 70 years on Um, this is because Christian aid was founded in 1946 originally to help refugees following World War II Um, and they're still doing it now. There are five degrees of severity for EDS, which stands for Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Um, Unfortunately, it's a degenerative uh, thing because obviously you can't replace the collagen once it's gone it's gone which leads to loose joints dislocations and sometimes problems with internal organs and all that sort of thing which can cause some very very serious problems um, the most mild form of EDS is hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which just means that you've got very, very lax joints, you probably sublux, you may be in pain, um, or you could be confined to a wheelchair, or you just could be finding it a bit difficult to do certain other things. Um, You can find out more information on the website of EDS UK. Um, There's it's part of the um, hereditary disorders of connective tissue Um, so there are lots of different hereditary disorders of connective tissue but a lot of them are all connected so you know so that's another awareness month and that's going on all, all month so if you see lots of references to zebras then you will know exactly what that's all about because EDS sufferers are known as zebras because of the way that they're normally diagnosed they normally go through all the things that it could be and when it's discovered that it's not any of those they have to look for differences and it it's explained as that the the medical profession look for the horse when in actual fact it's what's not there that they've got to look for um so it's quite a diff it's quite a common one that's misdiagnosed Okay, thank you so much for listening and listening to me waffle on. I hope the Smart Motorways answered a load of your questions. Um, Obviously, 
there will be links back uh, via my blog to all the books that have been mentioned like the highway code know your traffic signs and driving essential skills uh, which is the dbsa recommended reading for the theory test um, then you can click on those links on my blog like i say the link is in the introduction for this podcast so you should be able to go back and find all that and i will sort that out to make sure that they all link back to the podcast and the podcast links back to my blog so that you can find the information and order the books if you want them and to help you understand smart motorways but i hope i've managed to answer a lot of the questions i mean thank you to those people who gave me the questions that was brilliant um just saved me having to think them up (laughs) Uh, because i wanted to know what you wanted to know so thank you very much for that and i will see you next time hopefully in two weeks time thank you bye bye oh thank you